You are now listening to Creative Masters. This is the podcast where we interview musicians, photographers, directors, comedians, designers, and other creatives to discuss how they got started, how they got past those bumps in the road, and how they built a career off their creativity. So let's get right into it. I'm your host, and I'm Team Double Machine Masters to bring you Creative Masters. Now let's start the show. What's up, everybody? This is Reggie, a.k.a. Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. We're back with a new episode, a very dope episode. But before we jump into it, I want to remind you guys that I'm doing my very first documentary. So you guys head over to patreon.com slash tracking identity. It's a very dope story. We have the trailers on there. We have the outline of the project and what all it entails and what you get for pledging to the project. So I would appreciate you guys' support on that. Also, all previous episodes of the podcast can be found on Stitcher, Sound cloud google play and itunes so be sure to go and subscribe rate us follow and do all that cool stuff to keep up with the podcast so for episode 29 we have a very talented up-and-coming young actress kiana simone simpson she's recently been seen in hbo's the secret life of henrietta Lacks, featuring oprah courtney b vance and a lot of other talented actors and actresses so we get into a lot of things in this episode we talk about how she came across a famous actor in the store and followed him to his car to do a monologue and get her acting career started i talked to him as he was checking out at the grocery store <laughs> and um i walked with him to his car and i asked him could i do a monologue for him and if he could help me out with my acting career and i think it was just something that tickled him about a little 13-year-old girl being so passionate about her dreams and, you know, basically hustling. We also discuss having absolute belief in what you're doing and what you're striving for in life. Usually, like, if you believe something is going to happen, you cannot see an alternate result. Like, mm-hmm. I, when I was in middle school, all I could see was me being on TV and me being in films. Mm -hmm. Like there was nothing else I could see in my future. And of course we talk about what it was like for her working with Oprah and some of the things that Oprah taught her about life. Um, I end up telling her about what I just told you, how I always said I would play her in a movie and how it was written on my cheer jacket and just like how everything always pointed towards this and I always believed it would happen. And she goes, you manifested that. We get into these things and so much more. She has a very inspiring story. She's a very talented young actress, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 29 of the Creative Masters podcast featuring Kiana Simone Simpson. This is Reggie, aka Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. This week we got a very special guest, Kiana Simone Simpson, but she goes by the name of Kiki. She's an actress, um, student at UGA, doing a lot of crazy dope stuff. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thank you. I like that introduction. Certainly. So let's start with um, just a 60 second, you know, elevator speech of who you are, what you do, where you're from, and then we'll dig into your story. All right. Well, as he told you, my name is Kiana Simone Simpson, but everyone calls me Kiki. I'm a 20 year old sophomore at the University of Georgia, and I've been acting professionally for four years. And I just recently um, finished my last job called The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks. 
Mm-hmm. And I play the younger version of Miss Oprah Winfrey's character, Deborah Lax. And I am so excited and honored to be a part of such an impactful and historical story. And I can't wait to see where my future goes from here. Yep, that is exciting. I watched the movie last night, actually, because it just came out this past weekend. So Monday is kind of like my my fiance and I's TV night. So we watched it last night. It was really good. Oh, cool. Thank you. Yep. So, you know, of course, we're going to want to talk about the film and everything. But since this is a podcast about creativity, let's talk about everything kind of leading up to that. So I saw that you were um, let's kind of talk about your story of you being discovered. How, how did that go? Well, you know, it's never like one concrete straight story. You know how the mm-hmm. how it goes. You know, it's never a straight line to success or like where you're going. So I had always dreamt that I would be something special I didn't know exactly what it was when I was very young because I was so obsessed with so many jobs I mean I wanted to be a chef a fireman a hairdresser and I cannot for the life of me understand why I couldn't do all of them Uh (laughs) so eventually I realized that wow I could emerge myself in all these different lifestyles and characters as an actress Mm -hmm. so in seventh grade that's when I knew for a fact that I was going with all of my heart for this dream. And I was with my mom. We were going to Kroger's, which is a grocery store down the street from my house. And we were going there and um, I just so happened to go inside with her. Usually I just sit in the car. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in there, I see a guy that I recognize from Tyler Perry's Meet the Browns, the TV show. Mm-hmm. And I'm going crazy. And I go up to him, I'm like, excuse me, sir, are you famous for something? And he's like, what do you think I'm famous for? It turns out he's Tony Vaughn, who plays the Colonel on Tyler Perry's Meet the Browns. And I talked to him as he was checking out at the grocery store. <laughs> and um, I walked with him to his car and I asked him, could I do a monologue for him? And if he could help me out with my acting career. And I think it was just something that tickled him about a little 13 year old girl being so passionate about her dreams and, you know, basically hustling in the, yeah, in the yeah. grocery yeah so he he was really he he was really intrigued by that and he took me under his wing and ever since then daddy tony that's what i call him but tony vaughn he has been right next to my side guiding me and helping me learn more and more about the film industry and how that's interesting like how or where did you get that confidence from as a 13 year old to just go up to someone and say i want to do a monologue like was that instilled through your family or where does that come from you know what? I got so tired of the way I was treated when I was younger. When I was a little kid, I was overweight. Like I was, I was, I was really chubby. So, for example, in fifth grade, I was like 150 pounds, which is more than I weigh now. So, I was used to being told that I could not do anything. I was used to, um, I was used to adults. Really, a lot of my coaches and teachers treated me in a way that made me feel less than the other kids and I was so done with that and I was like you know what I am gonna make this path for myself Mm -hmm. because in like sixth grade that's when I started losing the weight and seventh grade that's when I got on the cheerleading team in middle school and I was just my confidence was just rising because I finally was like I'm gonna I'm gonna love me so I saw this opportunity presented to me and I was like Kiki you better take it, girl, because you're not going to be sitting here sad for the rest of your life mm-hmm. that you didn't you didn't fight for what you really want. So I think it was I think I had to have gone through those downs in my life mm-hmm. totally. did very early, but I had to go through those in order to 
be that way, be the way that I am now. Yeah, and I think that's really dope too that you went and created your own opportunity because sometimes an opportunity like that may not ever come by again. Right. And even at that young age, you, you took it, you know, you grasped it and then, you know, you have a career from it now. So that's really cool to see. Um, so after, you know, you met him and everything, like what was kind of your back, like what was your training in acting? Did you start going to like acting school? Were you casting something? Like where, where did it go from there? Yes. Yeah, so from right there, I was so obsessed. Like I was like, wow, I'm already like things are already happening. And it's only been what, like a month. <laughs> so I um, started going to any acting class that I can get my hands on. I mean, I would be Googling just acting jobs for teenage black girl, you know, uh -huh. like any I, I didn't know how you go about getting an agent, how you go about getting a manager. And I didn't want to ask Tony Vaughn like to just hand anything to me. I mm -hmm. wanted to prove to him that I wanted this. So I did classes at the Alliance Theater. I um, did like a few, you know, local short films. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm, I'm, a, I'm an extra in it, but like I'm just trying to figure out how to maneuver my way through this. And um, actually in eighth grade, my mom and I, we, well, I went to a talent competition in Dallas, Texas. Um, and there were about 500 contestants, I think. This was my first time acting in front of anyone, you know, like I'm, I'm still, I'm only taking classes. I haven't started a professional career yet. Mm -hmm. And, um, we go through the entire award ceremony at the end and I was like, wow, I didn't win anything, but it's okay if I didn't win. It's okay. It's my first time. And then at the very end, they say, and this is the final award. Female actor of the year goes to. And they call out my number. And I was like, wow, this must really be something that I need to fight for completely. And that's when my mom and I decided to um, move out to California. It was when I was like in 10th grade, but we moved out to California, learned about the film industry. I met so many casting directors and I made so many connections with other working actors now. And um, yeah, it's just like, it's like different opportunities were presented in front of me. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't take them, the path wouldn't be the way that it is right now. Yeah, for sure. And you said something really interesting. You said that it's something that you wanted to fight for. So how important do you think it is for anybody in any creative field to like fight for their dreams and what they want out of life? I think that's exactly what our dreams are for. I don't think we should ignore any, any fire that we have inside of us. Like it, there were just, and I believe that in your life there are going to be so many signs that'll be that you'll just you'll just notice and like you things are just presented to you and you're just like I cannot ignore this <laughs> and God is, and if you do try to ignore it God is just going to hit you upside the head again with it yeah so there were just so many times in my life where I was like it just made me question like should I, like, I would be like, should I continue acting? Like, mm -hmm. I t a, a teacher told me, you know, there are a million other girls doing this, right? And I was like, hmm, she's right. Maybe I shouldn't be trying to do something a million other girls wanted to do. And then that's when I met Tony Vaughn. And mm -hmm. then, you know, people are like, uh, I think you should just, you know, stick to math and science. Because I love math and science. Yeah. And then that's when I won the, that's when I won the um, award. So I think if, something keeps poking at you 
and you know you love it and mm-hmm. you just know you're meant for that, you can't, you can't ignore it. You, you just can't. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I kind of look at it like kind of like the book, The Alchemist with the omens and everything. And it's just like once you kind of get that first clue or that one hint or nudge and you know that it's in your soul or in your heart to do, it's just like you as you keep going, you might not see what's ahead, but then it'll be just another little thing that pops up. And be like, OK, now I'll take this opportunity and it just builds upon okay. itself, you know, so it's really just a lot of faith and stepping out in that. But if you know what's in your heart, and what what you're meant to do, it always works out. Yes. And usually, like, if you believe something is going to happen, you cannot see an alternate result. Like, mm-hmm. I, when I was in middle school, all I could see was me being on TV and me being in films. Mm-hmm. Like, there was nothing else I could see in my future. Yeah, that, that's that's really dope. Um, so when you moved to L.A., like, what was that, or to California, was it L.A., like Hollywood? <laughs> yes, well, well, Burbank, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. It's all right there, yeah. So what... Uh, what was that experience like coming from Georgia to, to moving to L.A.? Well, it was um, it was a really drastic change, mm-hmm. but I loved it so much. You know, I came from Decatur, Georgia, so I'm used to um, I'm used to like the culture that we have in our town. You know how Atlanta is. And then mm-hmm. when I went to California and I was meeting so many people from all, all over, over the yep. country. I, yes, because like um in California during like that pilot season time of the year, which is usually like January through March, or to be honest, throughout the entire year, kids come from all over the country with their parents and families to chase their dreams in LA. So I would meet hundreds of kids. People would come and go. People would come for two weeks and then they would go back to Colorado or something like that. So mm-hmm was so interesting meeting so many different types of people and also I had switched to going to school online Mm -hmm. so that was um one of the hardest things that I had to do because I was also in the magnet program at Southwest DeKalb High School Mm -hmm. so I was taking my classes online but I was still a magnet student at that school so I was taking AP classes which are like college level classes um, in high school, they give you college credits if you pass the exam. Yep. And I had to teach myself all of those classes while also going to acting class every night, going to casting director workshops, trying my hardest to network. And um, it, it gave me a lot of discipline. I feel, I feel like I grew up a lot quicker. And also I learned how to value friendship mm-hmm. a lot more. I'm really serious about friendship. <laughs> and um, since I was away from my very close friends for two years, um, I learned how to I learned how to establish very um, sturdy relationships and um, connections with people. And I learned how to um, trust people more. Mm-hmm, for sure. And, mm-hmm. how, and how did you stay grounded through all of that? Because I've like I moved to L.A. from from Georgia, you know, a while back for um, for music and stuff. Now I'm back in Georgia. But it was mm-hmm. it's just crazy of just like all of the opportunities going on, meeting people. Some people are serious. Some people aren't. Some opportunities seem legit. They turn out to be, you know, crap or whatever. So how did you stay grounded navigating through the acting scene and trying to build a name in that as well as like finishing up school and doing that online and being away from your friends? Like, what was that like for you? Well, you just, uh, I had to just experience the bad first. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, you know, I definitely, um, I was, I was put in front of some scams that I didn't know were scams until 
I found out they were scams. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> also, um, I did meet people that burned me. Mm-hmm. And um, it, I'm not, I don't regret any of that because I, if I didn't go through those things, I would have been very naive. Mm-hmm. And um, I probably wouldn't have made good business decisions that I am making now. Yep. So, um, and also I was 15, 16. So those are some life lessons that you usually learn in your like 20s. Oh, yeah, that for sure. not your friend, that you can't trust anyone that says, um, I can put you on TV, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, or or I can make your dreams come true. And uh, I think, to be honest, if that if I was to have gone through those things now, it probably would have hurt me a lot more than when I was 15. And I actually had my mom with me mm-hmm. to experience those things because um, whew, that it, it hurts to think that this is finally your chance. Mm-hmm. And, and it will happen. um time after time you know I'll be like oh finally I'm gonna I'm finally gonna be get a job you know and then it turns out that the the writing was a little different and mm-hmm. I just didn't read it right you know so you 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 get used to it but you know that there's gonna be you, you know that the real thing is gonna present itself sooner or later yeah for sure definitely and, and you said that um you said a couple times it's like tr- learning how to trust people and things like that so after you go through situations and you go through some things where you get burned and everything like how do you you know still trust people moving forward you know and not carrying those situations into future opportunities um i think i just started knowing company names more mm-hmm. started knowing the agencies that were legit started knowing casting companies that were legit and also being connected yeah the um, relationships I, yeah making relationships and when i finally had my own representation um, I didn't have to worry about meeting people one-on-one because usually now they'll go through my agent or my manager. So, mm-hmm. you know, then they'll be filtered that, you know, I won't be, um, I won't be c- contacted by anyone that's trying to hurt me mm-hmm. because they've already gone through my agent or manager. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's what it is having representation now and having people that I trust to, um, watch handle out that for you yeah. Yeah. handle that. Yeah. Yep. All right, so you're in L.A. now, or you're in L.A., and you were doing classes, doing school and everything like that, and I've read that you started kind of getting productions and, and film and TV around 2012, so can you kind of walk us through that time period and, like, yeah, what so, you did and everything? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, while I was in L.A. for when I was 15, 16-ish, uh, that's when I was learning everything about the industry, and then I decided that I was going to come back home in 11th grade and just um, – just enjoy home again. I was missing my friends and that was in 2013. And, uh, that's when I actually booked my first movie, a Christmas blessing. So it was when I actually came back home to Georgia Mm -hmm. and that when my manager told me that I booked that I could not, like I couldn't control myself Mm -hmm. because it had been so long that I had been going to acting classes and everything. And Mm -hmm. finally I'm, I'm, I'm going to be able to show the world my skills. So, yes, I did that film. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go back to L.A. And now that I have some, I have something on my resume, maybe I can continue booking more jobs. Then I um, booked a Girls Inc. commercial that's still playing on television today. And um, I just, I, I, I believe 
that's when I came back home. Yes, that's when I came back home to Atlanta, and I was like, I'm going to go back to regular school. So senior year of high school, I got on the cheerleading team, and I, um, I kind of, like, I was acting as well as getting ready for college. Mm-hmm. So I was focused on two different things instead of only one. And that's when I began booking job after job after job. <laughs> At least that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, I booked a Show Me a Hero, which is, which is a HBO miniseries, um, a Golden Globe winning HBO miniseries. Nice. Um, I booked Being Mary Jane, which I watched every week. So I was going crazy about that one. I booked Law and Order SVU, and things were just starting to roll off the ball. And um. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed that you have to enjoy life as well. Because as I told you, beginning in seventh grade, I had my eyes set on one thing. Mm-hmm. And I think when I started um, realizing that you have to enjoy life as well, that's when everything started coming easier because I wasn't so stressed about it. I just knew that I would get the next job. The next job would come to me. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's awesome. And you're at UGA now. What are you uh, majoring in? I'm majoring in entertainment and media studies and what intended. So I'm applying to the School of Journalism right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm praying that I get accepted because I'm so passionate about it. I want to be a producer and director one day. So Mm -hmm. I think that'll be a really good major. I think that'll benefit me a lot in my future. Yeah, for sure. That's cool. I love Athens. I spent a lot of time out there. So. Hey, um, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yep. So let's talk about um, the mortal life of Henrietta Lacks. Like, how did that come about? How did that role come about? OMG. So I was taking summer classes the summer of 2016. <laughs> and um, summer classes are very stressful, by the way. So mm-hmm. it's homework every day, a quiz every week. Because it's like a, I'm, short, it's, a shorter uh, session. It's literally, it's everything you do in the 18 weeks of a normal semester squeezed into eight weeks so i was stressed and um yeah my manager calls me and she's like kiki i see the perfect role for you the perfect role i'm trying to get you an audition Mm -hmm. and i'm like what is it i thought she was just being super passionate i was like i was like what could this possibly be the perfect role for me and it and then it finally clicked in my brain before she even said it and she goes it's to play the younger version of Oprah Winfrey's character. And me nice. and my roommate, like I told my roommate what was going on. I was like, girl, <laughs> this is it. Because when I tell you my entire life, I've been told that I look like Oprah. Mm-hmm. I, I Even in middle school and high school, it was my nickname on the cheerleading team. And it's also written on my cheer jacket from senior year of high school. And whenever anyone would say that, I will always go, mm-hmm, and one day I'm going to play her in a movie, too. Nice, <laughs> I, nice. <laughs> I believe that so much. Like, I, I knew that whenever there was an Oprah biopic, I would play her. <laughs> so this audition meant the world to me. So I um, contacted Miss Latanya Richardson-Jackson, who mm-hmm. actually played my mother on Show Me a Hero. Um, she's a mentor to me, and she's friends with um, Oprah. And actually on set, she told me, you know what? You look just like my friend Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was so crazy. It's just like I told you the signs. Things always just 
pointed in the direction of this. So I contacted her and I asked her, you know, um, I told her, you know, you always say that I look like your friend Oprah and I finally have an opportunity to audition. Do you think it could help me get the audition? And how about she texts back, I'm actually going to see the director tomorrow. He's a good friend of mine. I'll nice. pass along the information. Now that right there is God. So she passes along the information. I get the audition. I go in and I usually don't dwell on auditions that much when I leave. I usually, you know, because you get so many and mm-hmm. there's a lot of times that you, you can't control why you don't get a call back. So you have to just let it go and let God but this one, I was just like, please let me get a call back. And three weeks later, I got a director session, and um, that was like amazing. I never had such an in-depth and interactive director session. I felt, mm-hmm. I felt so good about it when I left. And then three weeks later, I got a call that I booked the job, and nice. I fell to my knees and started crying because, like, oh, it's just. It, it, it was just so surreal. It still is right now, now that I'm thinking about that exact moment when I got the call, because that's that that was my biggest dream. That's like like when anybody would ever ask me, like, what is your biggest dream? I don't care how big you dream. What is it? I'll always say, I'm going to play Oprah in a movie. Like, and <laughs> even though I, I definitely believed it, I did not at all think that it would be so soon, like, at all so yeah that one that was overwhelming and it still is till today <laughs> yeah that, that's really dope and what was it like meeting and working with oprah oh my gosh that whew, i don't even think there are words in the dictionary priceless priceless <laughs> um life-changing um completely um fulfilling because when i the when i got the call that i was going that i booked the job um within like I think it was like two or three days that was going to be the table read Mm -hmm. so I'm like talking to my roommate I'm like girl I'm literally going to be in a room with Oprah Winfrey like what do I do how do I prepare for this like Mm -hmm. like, this is what I wanted my entire life so the whole day I was very nervous and so when I was talking to uh, Miss Adrian, she actually plays Barbara in the film. She was like, "And did you meet Oprah? That you um you play the younger version of her character?" And I turn around, and I'm literally so nervous as I'm turning around, I'm <laughs> shivering. And when my eyes meet hers, I literally lost all of my nervousness, and I felt so comfortable. Like I felt like how I feel when I'm watching the Oprah show. <laughs> like she was like, "Oh, so you're playing the younger me?" And I was like, "Oh, gee, yes, I am." <laughs> She gives me a hug, and I, when I tell you, I just felt a, an immediate connection. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, like whenever I would go into the makeup, hair and makeup trailer, it was just such a surprise every time I saw her. It was just such a delight, you know. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. hey, just Winfrey, you know. And um, actually, when we were filming in Baltimore, that's when I got to spend most of the most time with her, mm-hmm. and that's when I realized I was like wow we're like she this like i feel like she's like a kindred spirit like when we were having whenever we were talking there were so many times when we would be like oh yeah me too or she'd say yeah i was like that when i was your age too and yeah i was just like wow (laughs) was there anything uh, particularly inspiring that she taught you like you know or told you about your future career and, and moving forward in life yes um, I don't know if she remembers this, but when we were in the makeup trailer for um, 
for the camera testing, which was actually the day after the table read. Mm -hmm. uh, I was, and it was the day after she put the, the picture of us two on her Instagram, which by the way, I almost had a heart attack about because <laughs> I, I my brain couldn't wrap around the thought of like Oprah Winfrey posting me on her Instagram. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when I walked into the trailer, um, she she said, "Hey, Kiki." I said, "Hi, Miss Winfrey." She said, "Yeah, I saw you on Instagram," and I told her how thankful I was for that and everything. And um, we were just having, you know, conversation the hair and makeup trailer. Everyone's um, talking, and then um, I end up telling her about what I just told you. How I always said I would play her in a movie, and how it's written on my cheer jacket, and. Just like how everything always pointed towards this, and I always mm -hmm. believed it happened. And she goes, "You manifested that. You manifested that. Just like how I manifested my career." And she was so serious about it. Like she was just, she was like, "You really manifested that." And I, I knew what the word manifest meant, but mm -hmm. I never thought of it like that. I never thought of everything I was doing throughout my life as manifestation. Mm -hmm. And Ever since she said that, I really, really, really started believing in the power of the tongue. Like, if I really want something to happen, if I'm passionate about something, I have to speak it into existence. I can't mm -hmm. doubt it. I can't. Um, I can't go into it with like, you know, doubtful thoughts or whatever. Like, manifestation is real, and yes. yeah, I'm, I'm. I like. I don't know if she knows how much that that one little that one little conversation how much impact that had on me, but mm -hmm. it really meant a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it is it's totally real. Like I beginning of the year I'll write down just some goals and each year I'm kinda of even just making the goals bigger and just not even putting a ton of goals. It's like two or three and just thinking on it and focusing on it and putting mm -hmm. the action behind it. And it's crazy to see, like you look back and it can be a year or two later and all of the, everything that you wrote down, everything that you wanted has come true. And you, cause you, cause you got to believe it. So yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's really cool. So um, a few, a few things, cause I'm kind of like, the, the world of acting is kind of foreign to me. So what is like a day on a set like? A day on set. Hmm. Well, usually your call time is very, very early, nice. like 5 a.m. And um, you get you get to set and you usually go into the hair and makeup trailer. And depending on the project you're working on, you get to meet a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> and, um that's always so great. Definitely. If it's someone that inspires you mm -hmm. because they're always dropping knowledge. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm actually filming, um, a movie right now and meeting so many different people in the hair and makeup trailer. I just learned something different every day. Mm -hmm. And, uh, after that, you usually go back to your trailer and you prepare for the scenes that you have for that day. And then the, um, some, well, someone will usually come and get you and you go to set and that's actually the most fun part for me because you're finally about to do what you love to do mm -hmm. and um the director will usually like go ahead and set up the scene for you you rehearse um mark your spots and you just go at it throw your creativity out there and um you have to let go of all of your nerves and doubts because this is like the time to, to work, to play. So the, usually the director is going to, you do it the first take and the director is going to come back and 
you know, give you some direction and have you think about a different way you could do this, a, a different route you could take at um, getting to getting into that character's um, thoughts and emotions. And I just I just really like that. I really like that part. Working with directors, definitely directors that are um, passionate, super passionate about getting this story across. It's mm-hmm. just like so many people that love what they're doing working together. Yeah, uh, sure. I, I really enjoy it. And um, to be honest, I have had some really long days on set, and I never notice it until I get home and it's like 1 a.m. Yeah. And I realize that, like, I've been on set for, like, 17 hours. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's how you know you love your job. If oh, you yeah, don't, for sure. Yeah, that's how you know you love it because I don't even – a lot of the times, I don't even want to um, leave set. I actually remember when we were in Baltimore mm-hmm. filming, I finished my last scene in the middle of the day, but I just wanted to stay and hang out with everyone and mm-hmm. hang out with Miss Winfrey. So I stayed for like another six hours, I think, <laughs> and until like they wrapped up the day just because I enjoy it so much. Yeah, and I'm sure you learned a lot even in those six hours of just sticking around and just so you know, taking in everything. So that's cool. So yes. what is it like? you know, in the summer and your off times or whenever you go and you, you know, you're filming stuff and then you come back and you go to school and you're walking around campus and you have a roommate and everything like, what, what is that like? It's normal. It's yep. normal. Yep. I mean, I, my friends are my real friends mm-hmm. and, uh, I don't feel any different on, on campus. I treat like we all, we all are just friends. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I put in our, we all have group me's for different classes and everything. Everyone puts in their group me's what's going on like different events at school mm-hmm. i'm like hey, y'all make sure you check out the movie and they're like oh that's dope i like that <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah, yeah so when, when i first got to college i didn't tell anyone about well i didn't like announce to everyone that i was an actress and everything because mm-hmm. you know you're starting a new life you don't want to i'm an actress yeah 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 <laughs> so i didn't really say anything until being mary jane came out and it was just so cool to see how everyone accepted me and they were just totally cool and supportive of it all because I had never, you know, I had been going to elementary, middle school, and high school with the same people. So they all knew, they all have seen me grow in the acting career. So I was like, I don't know how it is to talk to new people about this. Like, I didn't know if I would be accepted or whatever. But mm-hmm. yeah, everyone's cool. And I love seeing everyone um, grind at school for the things that they're passionate about too. Yep, for sure. That's cool. And what projects are you currently working on? I'm actually working on a film called White Boy Rick here in Cleveland, Ohio, and it's starring Matthew McConaughey. I'm really excited about this one, too. Nice, nice. That'll be good. Um, so there's some questions that I ask every guest that I have on, and I always get like different answers and interesting takes on it. So I'm interested to see what you have to say about it. So <laughs> um, obviously, you kind of already hinted towards some of the stuff, but I'm a huge fan of like a growth mindset. So, you know reading books, podcasts, doing doing my own podcasts to learn from people, things like that. So what are some of the things that you do, you know, to grow in your professional gr- career and to grow as um, in your personal life as well? Well, I love, love, love going to YouTube and watching interviews from all of the actors and actresses I look up to. Mm-hmm. Like I will sit there and just watch a Will Smith in a Will Smith interview. Yeah. A Gabrielle Union interview. I love Oprah interviews, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, I don't know. It's just something about like hearing them talk about just 
their their lives and how they think and how they um, go about their careers that encourage me to just do what I love. Like, I, like all they always say, you know, I'm just me. Like, I just... I just am, I'm just me doing what I love and mm -hmm. that's how, that's how I've gotten where I am. And yeah, that's really encouraging to me. Also, I love motivational videos. Mm -hmm. I like wake up in the morning and watch them before I take a shower <laughs> just cause like, why not? Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's always good to put, you know, that kind of stuff into your mind because if not, you can get flooded with negative thoughts and then you can get in a rut mm -hmm. and things like that. So I'm, I'm the same way. I'm always trying to learn something or listen to something motivational or read something motivational, even if it's something short, just to kind of get my day started right and to, and to you know, put myself in the right state of mind. So yeah. I think that is important. So um, you're still young and you got a lot of work under your belt, but what advice would you give to anyone who, you know, has a dream that they want to pursue and is kind of like scared to do it or waiting on permission to, to go after what their heart desires. I would say that if you see an opportunity, take it mm -hmm. because you never, ever, ever, you don't, you don't know when you'll ever be presented with that again. Mm -hmm. And, um, to be honest, if you fail, no one else is going to laugh at you besides yourself. You're your biggest competition. So yep. as long as you as long as you know, yeah, I could have done that better. Next time you're going to do it better. Don't worry about everybody else cuz at the end of the day when you succeed, the person happiest about it is going to be you. Mhm. Mm yeah, and I love that when you said cuz I've probably been looking at my life for the last 15 years and said like the biggest competition is myself. Like I'm the only person that's going to get in my way and keep me from doing what I'm trying to do. And I'm the mm -hmm. only person that's going to get me over the hump to get to where I'm trying to go. So yeah, I love that you said that for sure. Cause I, I, I think the same way on that. Um, and then let's talk about success. So, you know, in the, in the past success has kind of been like, you know, a lot of money, big house, big cars, all this kind of stuff. And it seems like in recent times, people have redefined it for themselves. So what is success for you and how have you redefined it for yourself? I don't see success completely as like the money and all the materialistic things. Mm -hmm. I see it as feeling as though you're you're doing what you were put on this earth to do. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like I'm on my road to success because I completely feel like I'm doing what I was meant to be doing mm -hmm. in my life. And that has got to be the best feeling, the best feeling. And it just makes you, it makes you believe that, wow, if this is the beginning, how far can I go? Mm -hmm. And when you say, how far can I go? You're not thinking, well, how much money am I going to get? Mm -hmm. You know, how many, how many, cars am I going to be able to buy? No, you're just thinking how, like, what type of legacy am I going to leave? Mm -hmm. Like, how am I going to impact and affect the world right there? Like, I think that is like the true success. Everything else is a bonus, you know? Yeah. I always look at it as like, it's just a byproduct, like money and all that stuff. It's just a byproduct of like you living your true authentic self and, and, you know, fulfilling your passion and yeah. pretty much everybody I've talked to and asked that question to, they've pretty much said the same thing. And, I always look at it like the journey is so, is so fun. Like even when you look back five years ago and compare it to now, it's like, oh, the journey and like thinking about where I could be and where I could go has always been like the best part to me. So. Right, right. And then you get a bonus with, you know, being able to buy front row tickets to Beyonce. Like that's, <laughs> like that's a plus. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
definitely. So where can we find you online? Um, you know, your website, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. So on Instagram, you can follow me at Key Simone, which is K-E-E Simone. And on Twitter, you can follow me at Kiki Simone, K-E-E-K-E-E Simpson. I'm sorry, at Kiki Simpson, K-E-E-K-E-E Simpson for Twitter. All right, awesome. So Kiki, thank you for coming on to the podcast and sharing your story. It was a really dope conversation, and I, I appreciate you. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much, and y'all have a good day. Yep, and everybody listening, this is the Creative Masters Podcast. Until next time, peace. Peace. So there you have it. That was episode 29 of the Creative Masters Podcast featuring Kiki Simpson. You guys be sure to follow her on social media and go to HBO and check out the movie. It's really dope. As usual, be sure to rate us, like, subscribe, share out the podcast and the episodes, especially if they're inspiring and you think somebody will get some value out of them. I'm Nobody Famous. I can be found at Nobody Famous on Instagram and Twitter. And be sure to follow the podcast at Creative Masters Podcast on Instagram. Until next time, peace. Thank you.